Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 797, Feb 23, 2022. 59 degrees was the high in this day in 1958, and it was 25 below in 1889. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I do not have an update today on the cargo ship aflame with its uh, load of Porsches and uh, Bentleys, but I do have an email from Brennan in Brewster, Minnesota. I went through firefighter one and two classes for my local fire department this spring. What to do if an EV caught fire was brought up, and the answer was not what I thought it would be. The instructor said living in a rural area, most likely it would take a long time to get the foam to put out the fire, and it isn't cost-effective to have it on hand. So we are to make sure everyone is safe and let the electric vehicle burn. Thought you might be interested in this, Brennan from Brewster, which is a, I think that sounds an alarm to any electric vehicle uh, owner out in the, out in the woods. Your, uh, your fire departments, basically what, volunteer fire departments, uh, don't have the materials on hand to extinguish an EV fire. Uh, according to the USA Today, the cargo ship, the Felicity Ace, mm-hmm. is still floating without crew in the Atlantic Ocean. Right, and it's still on, it's still on fire, and uh, we're we're learning now that if you have a an electric vehicle and you live out in the rural parts of the state, uh, chances are they don't have the ability to put out a fire in the event you suffer one. Just let the car burn and make sure the people are safe. That's why we need more charging stations all over the country. Mm-hmm. That'll prevent all that ha- from happening. Uh, Deshaun Hill was the young fellow at North High who was gunned down and murdered. Yes. And we, uh, the prosecutors have now charged a suspect. Did you cover this yesterday, John? Sure did. Uh, just briefly, we didn't have a chance to talk about it because it was just breaking that they had a suspect. Right. Uh, prosecutors allege 29-year-old Cody Logan Forencam fired the fatal shots. The criminal complaint doesn't offer a motive beyond saying Hill and the suspect passed close to one another on a sidewalk, possibly close enough to brush shoulders. The second-degree murder charge is specific to a killing that is intentional but not premeditated. The complaint says witnesses and surveillance video put foreign cam at the scene. He allegedly told investigators he was in the area looking for someone who stole his cell phone. Later Tuesday, Minneapolis police said Fulren Cam was in custody for an unrelated offense in Carleton County when he was arrested in connection with the Hill shooting. Okay. Could that be one of those deals where the two guys are walking along and neither one of them will, is willing to give up ground? Has that ever happened to you guys? Yes. It's happened to me yeah. a million times, but I give up yeah. the ground. Always. Yeah. When I realize it's the other not, person is not going it's to. It's not worth it. Right. Uh, what a shame. jackass does that, though? You know, that says a lot about them. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy's a multiple career criminal. Oh, yeah, he had a long... He's going to get the uh, Jeffrey Dahmer treatment in prison. He yeah. probably won't even make it to trial. Mm-hmm. 
But geez, you don't really shoot somebody because you brushed shoulders, do you? You wouldn't think so, but unfortunately, that's kind of what's happening right now. Is there is no there is no regard for others in any way, shape, or form. I know, and the news is so full of that today here in the country that it's. Uh, well, how about the businesswoman in St. Paul? I know, fifteen-year-old kid shot her. You know what I can't stop thinking about is that Reg Chapman piece. We need a longer. Long, long version, you know, five days a week piece on that. I, mm-hmm. I need to know more. I thought that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. A series? Yeah. What, what's going on with the gang war and the, well, what are they calling them, the uppers and lowers? Or something highs, like and highs and lows. Highs and lows. Highs and yeah. lows. Yeah, that's fascinating. I also wonder, Ken, is it, are we almost better off not knowing? Because no, I was really need, troubled by no, it. No, we need to know. Uh, th- that's the problem is we've been pulling blinders over our eyes for too long. And, uh, and and I have to say the same about me when I lived in South Minneapolis. You, you know, you get in your bubble and you, you feel safe and you tend to ignore what's going on over north until the violence breaks out all over and then it's in your front yard and then you start shouting and you're wondering why and where is this coming from. Well, I think Reg's piece spelled it out pretty well. And were you surprised, Joe? that they're actually turning some of these vehicles over, they're selling them? I was surprised at that. Because I was under the impression that this was just use this vehicle, do a bunch of crimes, ditch it, grab another vehicle, do a bunch of crimes. Um, and we're often finding them crashed or rolled over or destroyed. Or, no, the, or guy's, uh, the guy's disguised voice might have been a bit hard to understand. At one point he said, you see a Hellcat running, meaning the engine's running, at yeah. a gas station. Yeah, you're gonna take it because you know you can sell it for sixty grand. So, yeah. how how does one when you buy something like that, how do you keep it on the up and up so you can put get tabs on it? That's a great and, point. And I, a legal I, license yeah. and insurance and all of that. I don't know. Or do you just not? You just not probably. And if you got a Hellcat, there's probably certain neighborhoods where you shouldn't drive it. What a rube I am! I'm one day late for buying tabs, and. Uh, I feel like I'm a felon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm driving to the courthouse with the tab renewal thing in my hand, I'm so ready to sorry. I'm ready sorry. to hang it out the window. And when I get pulled over, I got it right here. I'm on my way. I'm, please don't huh? ticket me. I do all that by mail. It's so simple. You can yeah. also do it online. I don't do that. That's be very complicated. I like going in. Do you, I have some really good pushback news? Ah. More than 9 of 10 Los Angeles prosecutors are supporting an effort to recall District Attorney George Gascone, according to the Los Angeles Association of Deputy District Attorneys, which released the results of a vote among county prosecutors Tuesday. The L.A. County Register approved the recall, which is now seeking between 800,000 and 900,000 petition signatures last year in the midst of the county's uh, most violent crime spike that began in 2020. It's been one year of Gascon's social experiment. Eric Sidall, vice president of the District Attorneys Association, told Fox News Digital, I think after that one year, people have had time to evaluate whether this is working or not working. I think most people who actually live in Los Angeles and understand what's going on in Los Angeles, including the political leadership here in L.A., feel this time, uh, this year has been a miserable failure. Sedell added later that he was not expecting 97.9% of the 83.3% prosecutors who participated in the vote to support the recall. The vote followed Gascon's refusal to accept an invitation from prosecutors in his office to defend himself among the recall effort. He's a George Soros uh, creation. 
Hmm. One of the guys just wants to let crooks go. Wow. You got rid of three woke school board members in San Francisco. Maybe you can get rid of this idiot. Yeah, it seems like the woke thing is kind of winding down, it's doesn't it? It's got to. It's got to collapse under its own weight. As a matter of fact, there is a piece about that in today's strip in the op-ed mm-hmm. uh, se- segment. The uh, District Attorney's Association has filed two lawsuits against Gascon, accusing him of violating state law. One of the first things he did was create a set of directives. In other words, internal rules that DAs were supposed to follow. Some of those rules directly contradicted California state law, uh, Sedell explained. One was that we couldn't file strikes pursuant to the three strikes law. And the three strikes law is a mandatory law. It's something that the prosecutors don't have the discretion to ignore. The second violation, according to Siddall, was Gascon's alleged order to prosecutors to dismiss existing charges that Gascon personally disagreed with. In other words, he's just another little tyrant. Whole sections of the penal code, he said, were no longer enforceable. And that presents a problem, a legal problem on two fronts. First, the prosecutor is part of the executive branch. We can't just void sections of the law. What he is doing is he's making things legal by not enforcing them. Well, that's what's happening everywhere the closer mm-hmm. you get to the country's tallest buildings. Yeah. Recall this miserable fool. All you're doing is play. The, why can't the public soothe him? And why We need to create a situation where the public can sue judges. And they, they need to be held more accountable. Because that's exactly what happened with the case of that woman in St. Paul. If you guys, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the St. Paul Police Department had an entire thread about how the system is broken, and, and this woman should still be alive You're today. talking about the businesswoman. Correct. Who was randomly... Randomly. And whimsically... Gunned down. by a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. And this kid should have been locked up, and this woman would still be alive. But because of idiots like this, these criminals are on the street. Where's your ray of hope? More than 30 cities within Los Angeles County have issued votes of no confidence in Gascon. That's that's splendid. That's You've got the same thing going in St. Paul. Right, right. The vote is by those who are intimately familiar with how Mr. Gascon's policies actually play out on a day-to-day basis. We believe the vote of our members will resonate with the voters of Los Angeles as they decide whether to recall Gascon from office and restore public safety is the priority of the district attorney's office. Uh, The president of the district attorney's association, President Michelle Hennessy, said of the vote, "Gascon's Gascon's office did not respond to an inquiry. Well, that's a positive note to me. That's a ray of hope. We had a prosecutor in St. Paul who resigned, remember? Mm-hmm. He said, I can't even do my job. And I think he left the state. Oh, he did? I think so. Mm-hmm. But what's, uh, it slipped my mind. What is that guy's name over there? That's John not, Choi. Thank you. Yeah, he's not interested in doing his job. Well, he's going to have to because he'll lose his. I think people are waking up. Uh, you, you can't continue this. Are they waking up, though, or are the people that are in positions of power realize that elections are coming up and they see the tide turning? Well. Because all of a sudden mandates have been lifted? I think it's both, Chris. Yeah, it's a distinction without much of a difference. Okay. Yeah. Because let's be honest, that's the only reason that things will get done. Well, it's unfortunate that, and it's like this piece in the op-ed says, uh, even left-leaning voters can only put up with so much. It takes the left saying something to get things changed, even though we've been ranting and raving and shouting and desk-pounding all along. 
Um, you know, it falls on deaf ears when, when we say it because we're so-called conservatives. Or we're right-wing crackpots. Or we're crackers. Yeah. I'm, I, speaking of that, I'm not going to dwell on uh, Mayor Melvin Carter's State of the City address. Oh, come oh, why on. Not? I was come so on. looking forward to it. I ripped it out and I highlighted stuff. And, you you no, know what I did when I got God, my paper this so morning? so exciting. Uh, I spread it, it out. Right, yeah. I, and I looked at it. I laughed really hard. I go, oh, i got, I got to read this again. This, this is, is good so stuff. good. Well, I think the best part is how we're going to cure gun violence. Yeah. Joe, this is a brilliant plan. We're going to use tax dollars to buy you a gun safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He must have a cousin who sells gun safes. So hold up. Check this out. Wait a minute. So this is how Melvin's planning on preventing gangbangers from shooting each other at funerals. He if- must believe well, it's, it's almost impossible to dissect what he must believe. But as, as I read it, uh, gun safes would be supplied to lawful gun owners, right? Because because they're the problem. Yep. And what he must believe is that if they lock them up, they're less likely to be stolen and then used on the street. But that's not the problem. Well, I understand. I, I completely understand. Yeah. That's not the problem, Melvin. Uh, how has someone not gotten Melvin? No, that's not the problem here, Melvin. The fifteen-year-old that just shot and killed a 37-year-old well, businesswoman, he doesn't own that gun legally. Mm-hmm. Well, there's two people that I, I wish were listening right now, Melvin and uh, what's his name? John, John Marty. John, John Marty. Marty. Yeah. Uh, the Why DFL, John Marty? The DFLer who wrote the other <laughs> op-ed piece today. He had a today. piece today in the Minneapolis paper. Oh, boy. Calling about for more regulate, gun regulation. Yeah, about regulating firearms and but 90% of what he's proposed is already enacted. <laughs> right. It's already happened. It's like, here's a guy writing about something and proposing something that he knows nothing about. The state of the city address also uh, uh, tried to uh, sugarcoat the horrible mistake that was made with rent control. Mm-hmm. That should right. never have happened. Right, and wasn't the thing with that, it, um, it's not going to be... It, the new property developers are now exempt, correct? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. What does that do to the Ma and Pa landlord? Well, yeah, they don't, we don't care about them. Puts them yeah. out of business. Yeah, yeah we don't care about, about them. them. Right. Wow. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't. No, you can't just gloss. No, over I can't. This. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. I can't take it. I can't take it. <laughs> where, where were you when you first read those comments? Was it this morning? Was it late yesterday? Oh, this morning. Okay. Yeah. Were you having your cup of coffee? Yes, were you I sitting was. Down? Yes, I was. <laughs> And, and not a one word of it surprised me. Because at this point, you're I mean, just numb to it. You just, I looked at it knowing perfectly well what I was going to find. The, the gun safe thing threw me. That was a new one. That, that, I, gave, I gave him credit for that's genius, Cheryl. Well, it helps our friends at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Just that's get a for gun sure. safe. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, I plan to address that. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Garage logic. Yeah. See if anybody in Melvin's family is related to the guy at uh, Maplewood uh, Safe. Maple Grove. Maple Grove uh, Safe place. Yeah. Lock. Lock yeah. and safe. Lock and safe. Dot com. Com. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. Well, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, if I had do. a safe, that's where I'd get it. Right. We should call Rich, and uh, he'd love to be on GL. Hey, hey, uh, Rich, uh, yeah, you and Melvin at Christmas together? What's going on? What's a gun safe cost? Serious question. Uh, it, as much as you want it to cost. I you suppose. want just a small one that sits by your bedside? 100 bucks, maybe less. 
you wonder if Melvin's going for the deluxe. Mm. If you have enough firearms to, um, you know, um, equip a small army like me, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more. <laughs> I think, Kenny, what Joe was trying to say is he doesn't own a safe, but if he did. I would, I would own one from Maple Grove. What I would suggest uh, Joe buys uh, from Rich and MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com is a vault door. Ooh. So you turn a room into a safe. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like that idea. Yeah. No, I do. I like that idea. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Especially if you own a lot of guitars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking at you, lower right corner. What else did we learn from this state of the city? I just, uh, it was a, it gave me a good chuckle, a good laugh. <laughs> Out of, uh. In his address, uh, Carter announced that he is asking the council to approve an amendment to the city's voter-approved rent control ordinance that would grant a 15-year exemption to new housing construction. The suggested tweak has rankled activists who campaigned for the rent control ordinance last year, campaigned for it. It was put into their hands. That was not that ordinance was not created by the city council. That was created by Melvin's activist buddies. It was? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a city council idea. We cannot afford to lose the thousands of housing. I, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I don't think I'm wrong. Mm. We cannot afford to lose the thousands of housing units currently on pause while we wait for the bureaucratic processes at City Hall to run their course, said Carter, referencing feedback from developers who have said the new St. Paul ordinance has prompted lenders to back out of the projects. And then in the meantime... So if this building paused... Check this out. You mean to tell me if this rent control ordinance pauses, that will give everybody time to get a gun safe. Wow. <laughs> but these activists, the one thing they don't understand, Joe, is business. Of course How not. How commerce works. Neither does the mayor. You can't charge rent that's so low that the owner can't pay the mortgage or has to float in money elsewhere. Especially you can't- if- for maintenance, insurance, increasing property taxes. Owning a business, owning um, a rental unit is a business, mm-hmm. and it's gotta, it's gotta have a cash flow. It's gotta be profitable. These people, or at least break even. These people are so stupid. How stupid are How they? How stupid are they? They see this and think, well, if, if they build, you continue to build this, then we'll get all these people off the street. Yeah. No, no. no. Chris, we were both landlords, and uh, oh. as all GLers know, <laughs> you and I are. Wealthy beyond oh, belief. I'm Scrooge McDuck swimming <laughs> oh my in my God. cash. I have right? got a silo full of tortillas. I mean cash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's just amazing. But uh, that's the state of the city, and the mayor gave his best remarks, and we must uh, abide by them and uh, carry on. All I was waiting for with Melvin is to take a note from Trudeau and say, and. Just for fun, we're going to monitor all of your bank accounts, too, while we're at it. I don't think any of those people have been in the uh, city hall for two years. They're still working remotely? Well, they, well this this speech was... Well, that's right. It was virtual. You're right. Virtual. Uh, now, maybe the city council has returned, but uh, we've had a lot of at-home work being done. Is by Melvin group. even in St. Paul? How do we know he's not in the Virgin oh, Islands oh, right now? With Southern a f- California. Fake brack, uh, backdrop behind him. I don't know. He's in the St. fake Paul. snow in the background. <laughs> He's in St. Paul. Okay. All right. If you say so, Joe. Well, I have no idea where he is. <laughs> I'm sure his I'm sure he his wife's a doctor, I believe. Oh, I did not know that. And I I mean she couldn't be gone much to practice her uh physician ship. 
Well, if she's a doctor, that means she makes money and probably pays the bills. She knows a little something about balancing a checkbook. You think she'd uh, pull old hubby aside and say, uh, "Hey, uh, Mel, well, let's let's talk about let's have it. a chat." Yeah, <laughs> let me give you a few of the basics here. Yeah. Say, uh, there's hey. a preseason sale taking place at EcoFun Motorsports Is in downtown right? Forest Lake on Highway 61. It's a great time to buy. Lowest prices of the year. Plus, they'll keep it for another month or two until the weather breaks in your favor. Bentelli B1 electric. Bikes on sale for $15.99. Bintelli Easy Step-Through Electric Bikes starting at $16.99. And those fat tire beauties for $19.99. And those gas scooters that turn urban errands into adventures are on sale for $14.99. And they're rated for 150 miles per gallon, which is going to really be important when you're running your errands this summer. And gas is $7 a gallon. You don't even need a driver's, no, you need a driver's license. You don't need a motorcycle license. They're registered as mopeds. Youth ATVs and dirt bikes in stock for the lucky kids and grandkids in your life. Scout 110 ATVs at $9.99. The Trooper 125 cc's fully automatic with reverse at $12.99. And get this, you don't have to be like me. I had to tie a rope behind the thing the kid was driving. Youth ATVs are equipped with a wireless kill switch. For the parents. Mm. So you sit there in your chair. That's right. And the kid's tearing around about to crash into a tree. You go, boop. And Hit the, the button. Stops. Then the they're good stops. to go. This is all at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61. Where else? In downtown Forest Lake. It's Reavers here once again for Chill Boys and ChillBoys.com. Boy, I have to tell you, one of the things that makes living in this state this time of the year a little bit less miserable is bamboo long underwear. That's now available online at ChillBoys.com. Fast and free for all orders across the entire United States of America, by the way. Over $40. Fast and free through ChillBoys.com. Go online. See the entire selection of bamboo performance boxers, uh, bamboo boxer briefs. They are the best underwear you will ever own and it doesn't matter where you live if you're in carver minnesota or if you're in phoenix arizona you can get the same treatment if you go online and place your order at chillboys.com give the gift of comfort no matter what time of the year it is go online chillboys.com please place your order with the best customer service team around and let them know that you heard about their product right here on the garage logic podcast fighting the demagogues of diversity it's joe suchere well, I never thought this day would come. I thought the only thing I could offer um, young Melvin Carter was criticism and uh, insults. But as it turns out, I, I, I agree with everything he, he says. Uh, I think it's a brilliant idea. The guy's a genius, and why not? In case you missed it, uh, um, Carter says he plans to propose an ordinance that would require legal firearms to be locked. I think we can all agree with that, unloaded sure. and stored separately from ammunition. The great thing about this is he's going to help us pay for it. Yeah. A portion of the $166 million to distribute firearm safes to lawful gun owners. That's us, GLers. Yeah. yeah. And that means my buddy Rich at MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com is rolling in the federally funded, funded uh, bailout. <laughs> I'm going to tell Melvin, the only safe you're going to get me is the Liberty Safe. That's the best safe ever made. Rich has them at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. They're made right here in America with materials gathered from the United States of America. And it doesn't matter if you have a plinker or a bunch of handguns or a, 
a bunch of long guns, you can find the safe that you need from Rich and Maple Grove Lock and Safe. He's going to match you up with the best safe uh, for your money. Uh, excuse me, uh, for the government's money, which actually, as Joe would say, is your money that's anyway. Your money. Yeah, that's your money. Anyway, if you want to stop in and see what uh, Merrick Carter's going to buy for you, his address is 6901 Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove, or hop on the web, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. John, would you please look up the Sahan sure. Journal, S-A-H-A-N, the Sahan Journal. I only want to know, is it in, is it, is it in newspaper form or online only? And I'll tell you why I want to know. Uh, a guy named Mukhtar M. Ibrahim mm-hmm. writes, I started Salon Journal to provide the committed coverage to immigrants and people of color in Minnesota, but it's not all good news. Sometimes that means reporting on allegations that some people would rather keep out of the public view. We owe our readers the truth, and we need to be honest with ourselves about potential wrongdoing. And then he goes on to write about the food fraud. What have you discovered? Uh, it looks like it's basically an online thing, and yeah. they say that exactly what you just read, the mission to provide fair, groundbreaking news coverage that illuminates issues affecting Minnesota immigrants and communities of color, chronicle how that uh, the communities are changing and redefining what it means to be Minnesotan. He writes, uh, our coverage of this sprawling story, meaning the alleged food fraud, has focused on nonprofit organizations, businesses, and key people who received money through a nonprofit called Feeding Our Future, which administers the Fresh Meals, I'm sorry, the Federal Meals Program. We have written an explainer about Feeding Our Future and how this program has worked. Apparently, some people in my community, the Somali community, see our work as a threat. My family members have received phone calls from people who don't want us to keep reporting on these allegations. Some of these people are connected to individuals accused of misusing millions of dollars in federal funds. Let me make one thing clear. Sahan Journal provides a wide range of news stories about breakthroughs in education, business, and civic engagement, and we love to report them. But we are here to provide you with comprehensive news coverage. Sometimes that means drawing attention to stories that some people want to keep hidden. Good for this guy. Let's get him on the air. Give me the name again. His name is uh, Mukhtar, M-U-K-H-T-A-R. M-U-K-H-T-A-R. M. Yep. Ibrahim, I-B-R-A-H-I-M. Okay. Did you mention, Joe, that it's also a nonprofit, a nonprofit newsroom? I did yeah. not. Yeah. And, yep. and they have a long code of ethics for journalists. Good. You would, you would, you would like. <laughs> uh, I have been a reporter for more than a decade, and during those years I've learned a few things. If you are someone who cannot endure critical news reporting, don't run for public office. Don't become a public figure. Don't start a nonprofit or receive public funds if you cannot manage them well. Put simply, don't do anything that you have good reason to believe is illegal. Now I no longer do daily reporting, but I oversee a nonprofit news organization dedicated to telling the truth and providing exceptional reporting for Minnesota's communities of color. For many decades, local news media wrote about communities of color instead of for them. We've been left out of newsroom leadership and ignored by advertisers. It's uncommon for a news source like Sahan Journal to have the resources and trained, talented reporting staff to pursue investigative reporting like this. We also have the grounding in our communities to report these stories differently. If Sahan Journal doesn't investigate and write these stories, other media will. And once again, there will be stories about our communities. More dramatic revelations are coming. Isn't it better to be honest with ourselves? 
Well, he's becoming a champion of my heart, isn't he? This is the, mm-hmm. the American way of journalism. Yeah, absolutely. We will continue to highlight and chronicle the successes and achievements of our diverse communities as we have over the three-year lifespan of this news organization. We will also write about the cases in which people from our community stand accused of misappropriating public money earmarked for feeding low-income children. There are dozens of legitimate organizations and businesses that have provided tens of thousands of free meals during the pandemic. This alleged food fraud has been an open secret in my community. I have been hearing about these allegations for two years. On the phone or at a gathering, people would mention certain individuals who run nonprofits and businesses associated with meal programs. These people were seen driving new luxury cars or purchasing homes and real estate. It was a story that was too good or bad to be true. Uh... But as a professional news organization, we are not in the business of reporting rumors or hearsay. Eventually, however, we found an opportunity to write about this meal program when a reader reached out to us about a legal dispute between Feeding Our Future and the Minnesota Department of Education. The state has acted as an intermediary between Feeding Our Future and the federal government. Local nonprofits have accessed funds from the U.S. Department of Agriculture through two programs— the Child and Adult Care Food Program, and the Summer Food Service Program. Sahan Journal was the first to report on this dispute. Okay. Jeez. John, are you reading the Code of Ethics? Yes. I have never seen anything like this before in my life. You reach out to him? This is amazing. We've got to talk to him. Mm -hmm. Um. I would like to see every news organization in the country uh, adhere to these ethics, this code of ethics. Wow. He writes that Sahan Journal was the first news outlet to report on this dispute. We profiled Shamsia Hopes, a nonprofit that gave free meals to children, mostly kids who are Aromo, Somali, and Hmong. Eight months later, 200 law enforcement personnel raided more than a dozen locations tied to feeding our future and its partners. In unsealed search warrants, the FBI alleges that instead of feeding hungry children, feeding our future and several of its partners spent millions on expenditures, including personal cars, junkets to places like Las Vegas, and real estate purchases as far away as Kenya. Sahan Journal reporters started sifting through hundreds of pages of the unsealed documents. We started talking to community members and reached out to key people mentioned in the court documents. Our stories have reported on a city council member's past involvement with an organization named in the document. We've identified individuals named in search warrants and made donations to the campaigns of elected officials. We wrote about the director of a charter school who took a leave of absence shortly after the FBI alleged he was involved in food aid fraud. A senior aide to the Minneapolis mayor resigned after we inquired about his alleged involvement in the meals program misappropriations. Mm -hmm. We continue to uncover information about this alleged fraud that you won't find on other sites. We have deep ties and trust in our communities that we have built in the last three years. We will continue to call from accountability from public figures, elected officials, nonprofit leaders, and government institutions. Is the FBI or the Minnesota Department of Education discriminating against, against Somalis? Some nonprofit leaders have called and written us to share that opinion. Is the government turning a blind eye to other organizations that also have misused funds claimed through the federal meals program? Is MDE at fault here? Those are all good questions, and we will try to answer them as we gather the facts. Our reporting on this alleged fraud is just beginning. As the founder and head of Sahan Journal, I promise to you that our reporters will report the news fairly, responsibly, and accurately. 
This uh, we're reaching out to this fellow. I don't care if we get him today, but we need to get. I him. just emailed him. I missed it. Where did? Where are you reading this piece from? I mean, how did you come from across the Sahan Journal? I was alerted to it by an emailer. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm reading from the Sahan Journal. Gotcha. That's an eight-page piece. Uh, and I, I, I based, spend some time on his website, Joe. You're going to love his code of ethics. Based on what I'm reading here, I couldn't be happier to discover this fellow. There was a guy last weekend, or it was probably last week, from uh, a writer from New York Times that had read the Star Tribune piece, and he was looking for more information and contacts and people to talk to. Oh, and, I et saw cetera, that, et cetera. Yes. He should be talking to the Sahan Journal is mm-hmm. what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. Mukhtar M. Ibrahim is the founder, editor, and executive director of the Sahan Journal a non-profit organization that covers immigrants and communities of color in Minnesota. I'm looking at a picture of him. I can't wait to talk to him. I thank him. I want the Star Tribune to stay on the story. The Center for the American Experiment is staying on the story. The Sahan Journal quite literally could be leading the way on the story. You guys study journalism in uh, college? That's what my degree is. Yeah, me too. Both of you. Um, are, Are the code of ethics taught in that course? Back in my day, they certainly were. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this reading these code of ethics that that's not surprising to you, John. Give me a or, couple of them. Give me a couple. I don't have it in front of me. Uh well, you could just start at the top. Journalists should take responsibility for the accuracy of their work, verify information before releasing it, use original sources. Remember that neither speed nor format excuses inaccuracy, provide context, uh take special care not to mistreat uh, misrepresent or oversimplify in promoting, previewing or summarizing a story. I Gather got it. I got it. I mean it's on and on and on. It, and it's like, oh well these are all the basic tenets of journalism and it just has me wondering if other organizations teach these oh my God, rules Kenny. and live and live by them. If you fouled up any of that, you'd get the red pen treatment from the late great Reverend James Wayland, who right. uh, was a stickler for these things. Okay. Just right. a stickler for the truth and accuracy and fairness and double checking sources and All right. Uh yes, and uh well, uh, hats you, off to this Ibrahim. Uh, well, as you know, journalism is under attack, uh, and it right. has been, and will continue to be. And, right. uh, this, you know, just reading this, uh, not have taken any journalism courses, gives me hope. I'm a, I'm a little offended that you, you, you didn't, you didn't ask me. What, what did you study in college? How to roll a doobie and catch a football? <laughs> I, I, I took a couple writing classes. Baseball, yeah. shortstop, uh, pitching. Uh, <laughs> Don't remember that particular part of the class that uh, I took, but I'm pretty sure I did. And what was the name of the fine institute you attended? Oh, it's the Harvard of the Upper Midwest, Mankato State University. Let me I finish. Uh, Chris, I'm sorry. Let me finish with his two final paragraphs because this fellow is under the thumb here. I've written many stories over the years that upset powerful people, and I have never been afraid for my safety. Now my family members say they are afraid for me. If you have been involved in a scandal or are close to someone who is. Please do not drag my family into this. As for me, journalism is what I know best, and I'm not going anywhere. Sahan Journal will still be here when these allegations fade from the headlines. Well, hang in there, pal. Gee whiz. That's tough to hear. You don't want your family dragged into this stuff. No, you sure sure don't. A couple of Twitter accounts I wish would read these uh, code code of ethics here. But now that I know that he's... Bent on this kind of accuracy, 
he, he could very well uncover a, a kind of a network of Somali mob life, however alleged. He, he's got, the, he's got the, the ability and the sources. And that's what they're going to get angry at. But him putting that out there You're about blowing it. the whistle on me buying a Lamborghini with federal food money? I'm going to come after you. This guy's brave. Well, that's what I was just going to get at, because him s- saying that initially leads me to believe that that's probably why other people that probably know about this are too reluctant to write about it, correct? Well, it sounds like he's capable of going after it. It sounds like he intends to continue to go after it. It sounds like he's a hell of a guy. And we've emailed him, and we'll try to get him on as a guest. His name is Mukhtar M. Ibrahim, and he's the head of the Sahan Journal. Thank you, sir. I'm going to keep that piece. Why don't we come back with uh, Johnny Haidt? Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage and protect all of your appliances. Trust me when I say bad water affects nearly every single aspect of your home. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, not to mention your drinking water. And another underrated aspect of this, a brand new state-of-the-art Connecticut water treatment system helps the resale value of your home. Please get in touch with my friends at Hoffman Water today. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago and it has made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Call them today for that free water analysis. 952-894-4040 or you can just visit them online today at HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water, proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. You know, if you would have picked up the phone last week or even Monday or even logged on to ProfessionalTurf.com, you wouldn't be sitting at home right now watching the Wendy Williams show. You'd, you'd be off your ass. You'd be jamming. You'd be pushing snow around uh, because the guys at ProTurf uh, spent the evening moving snow last night and getting paid for it. And more than what unemployment is paying you right now, does unemployment pay you full benefits, paid vacations, paid holidays, 401K? I think not. Uh, Does unemployment deal with flexible hours, you working on your own, making money when you need to, getting production bonuses? I don't think so. Is uh, um, unemployment an awesome awesome boss? No, they're not. Dave is, though. He owns a professional turf, pro turf as we call them, and they're looking for you. And we're not just talking pushing snow here. We're not just talking working in the summer. This is a year-round, 12-month deal. You get paid. You're a full-time employee. Uh, you stay with the company year-round. They're, uh, all of their employees, very happy people. If you have an interest in working outdoors uh, and you don't have a horticulture license deal, green thing, they'll train you. You'll get one. You'll be in business. Uh, they're looking for people that, like I said, want to work alone, have some experience in the outdoor world, whatever it may be. Can you run machinery? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you be trusted? You're the person, man or woman. 12-month compensation. Here's what you do to get a hold of and and do it now. Uh, quit sitting around. What are you even listening to this podcast for? Turn this off. Get on. Oh, wait, I shouldn't say that. Uh, when the podcast is done, get on to ProfessionalTurf.com, click on Apply for Employment, or go to Indeed.com, or do what most of us do here at GL. Pick up the phone, 
469-86804 ProTurf. It was emailer Robert Brandt who linked me to the Sahan Journal piece that we just discussed. Okay. And before, John, I have a space management confession to make. Uh-oh. I didn't do, go to the edges yesterday, and I'll tell you why. You uh, took the, it's going to be 40 next no, week. No, no, particularly on one side of the driveway, I knew there was a, a long stretch of ice from Sunday's melting, and I thought I could navigate it, and I couldn't. I went down hard, and the Ooh. snowblower tipped over, and it was all I could do to drag my sorry self back to my feet, and I just let it go. So I'm not going to do that. Hmm. The ice is too treacherous. That's my wow. story. It's a confession I'm making. Okay. You okay? Did, yeah, yeah. Did you Oof, get up and yell, God. I got new shoes? Yeah, I got yeah. new shoes. Were you wearing loafers? <laughs> yeah. No, I was wearing my snow-blowing snow boots. Mm. You're, you're at that age where you do something like that, you might break a hip. Yeah, well, I didn't, yeah. smartass. I well, I'm not trying to hurt, hurt your my feelings. Knee. I'm trying to be realistic with you. You know, I know. Walk, I, this has been a bad walking winter, to tell you the truth, because I, I fear that. i got to tell you something. If you came up here, I think you'd be ashamed of the space management practices. It's not the clearing. The clearing is fine. Everything's curb to curb and wonderful. They've run out of room to store snow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we're going to have to start bringing in dump trailers and, and dump trucks to remove some of this snow. Mm-hmm. We're literally out of room to store the snow. Why not bring it all the way down to White Bear Lake? Yeah. Well, the lakes and streams oh, up there brilliant. will be happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was a bad drought year last year, and we're going to now the problem is going to be melting too fast and causing flooding. Here's John Height. Uh, thank you, Joe. I would like to say something before I do news, and this, you know, this Illinois. You this guys always makes know, me and, nervous when he does. Yeah, it's Illinois, you me. guys, I love and it. Illinois, all of our listeners. Uh, but sometimes I've noticed a lot of people are offended by the way news is reported if they don't like the outcome of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can give all the facts you want, right? But if people don't like those facts, they're yeah. going to say it's bad reporting. That's yeah. too bad. Uh, which, That's... which I've run across many I'm sure. times. I'm sure. And and I just wanted to throw that out there since we we're talking and about journalism a little while ago. I, I'm guilty of that too, John. And and like well, we all are, all four well, of us are. Like we've said before, don't you think it's algorithms that it, that has caused this? Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You could probably, yeah, we could do a whole segment, I'm sure, on on the situation. But I, yeah. I just wanted to throw that no, out there. You're right, you know, and I'm guilty of it myself. Yeah, we all are. Everybody is. Minneapolis I'm Federation. <laughs> I was waiting Soon. for that. How many times when I said all four of us, I thought Joe's going to say I'm not. How many times <laughs> off the air have we got the big hook and pulled you back from the edge? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I did, you know, Saturday there was a uh, Star Tribune headline that kind of annoyed me. And I, I had to ask my wife, is this, am I wrong to be offended by this? It was the Potter trial yep. story. There's a, uh, uh, what do you call, subheadline underneath right. the right. big headline right. that said, uh, judge judge goes with leniency or something like that. Yeah, you, were, you and had it a just right seemed, to be offended. It, yeah, it, was, it just seemed gratuitous at that point to put that underneath everything. All right, anyway. Anywho. Yeah, that had a Federation. miracle outcome, uh, and she was on everybody's radar from the New York Times to the L.A. Times to yeah. here, uh, and it's very hard for those people to let go of their narrative. Okay. She got the sentence uh, that made the most sense to me, and I said at the golf show when we were live Friday when it just broke, I personally am thanking the judge for that. I think that was the only way you could go and make sense. Okay, yeah. well, a- answer this for me then. There are people who are s- that are saying... She should have only gotten probation. No that would have been me too, but I, I can accept this. If you know what, even Keith Ellison is accepting it. 
And he's accepting it graciously. Is he? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Minneapolis Federation of Teachers and the St. Paul Federation of Educators have scheduled a joint news conference this afternoon to talk about filing their intent to strike. Oh, I should mention also Chris expects some emails on that one. The Minneapolis Federation yeah. of Teachers <laughs> announced the intent to strike via a social media post this morning saying they plan to file the intent late this afternoon. Yesterday, both unions and school district officials held mediation sessions. Members of both unions voted to authorize a strike last week. Members of both unions say they want higher wages, smaller class sizes, and more mental health support for students. So far, neither union has set a strike date, but if they do, there's a 10-day window to try to reach an agreement. District officials and union members have said they'll continue working to reach an agreement. Also, 200 Minneapolis public schools food service workers are thinking about a strike. They're planning to hold a vote on whether to authorize a strike one week from today. Um, quick question, and I don't know the answer to it, that's why I'm asking, but with declining enrollment in both school districts here in Minneapolis and St. Paul, how big are the class sizes right now? Do we know what the average class size is? I do not. Okay. Uh, Follow-up to yesterday's story, the Town and Country Club Board in St. Paul voted unanimously Tuesday night to reject St. Thomas University's proposal to buy its golf course. The board released a statement saying after consideration they have no interest in the offer. University of St. Thomas had hoped to utilize the space for hockey and released a statement after the Town and Club vote thanking them for bringing the matter to the board. They said in the statement they will continue to look for other options in an effort to expand. A Milwaukee man has been arrested in connection to that carjacking and shooting that injured a rideshare driver in St. Paul last week. According to St. Paul Police, 26-year-old Anthony Harris has been arrested and is expected to be charged with attempted second-degree murder. He turned himself into police in Milwaukee after speaking to St. Paul investigators. St. Paul Police said officers responded to a report of a possible hit and run at about 5.45 p.m. February 17th near Flandros Street North and Old Hudson Road. Their officers found a rideshare driver who said the passengers he'd picked up had shot him, pushed him out of the SUV, and then drove away. Victim taken to Regents Hospital, treated for multiple gunshot wounds. Fortunately, police say he is expected to survive. Uh, as we uh, told you a little earlier in this podcast, they arrested somebody in the death of North High student Deshaun Hill. He is 29-year-old Cody uh, Cam. He faces one count of second-degree murder in connection with the killing of the 15-year-old Hill. Uh, he does uh, have an extensive record. Minnesota court records show Cam has been convicted of several felonies in the past. He pleaded guilty to two separate simple robbery cases, one in connection with a 2013 incident in Cloquet, another in 2014 in Brooklyn Park. He also pleaded guilty to a and abetting second-degree arson for a 2012 incident in Cloquet. He has multiple convictions for drug and weapons violations dating back to 2010. So what, why, why was he on the street? Because the failure of the judicial system is colorblind. He, white guys are out and black guys are out and Hispanic guys are out and Hmong guys are out. Huh. Sahan in Somali means send out. Abdi explains, refers to the nomadic practice of sending out young men and scouts in search of storm clouds. When they find them, they return to their people and lead them and their herds to fresh water. Ah. So. Uh, reconnoitering. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, speaking of that failure, uh, Joe, from the Star Tribune and St. Paul Pioneer Press, St. Paul police have arrested a 15-year-old boy in the death of a woman in the Payne-Phelan neighborhood. Julia Lee was shot on the 1000 block of Payne Avenue February 16th. Police say the shooting appears to be random. 
Steve Linders with the police department says the teen suspect is in jail on suspicion of second-degree murder. Linders said it appears she was just a person going about her daily business driving down the street when the suspect opened fire and shot her. St. Paul Police Chief Todd Extell said the killing was preventable. He said if every spoke in the criminal justice wheel had worked to hold this teen accountable for previous crimes, Ms. Lee would be here. The suspect would have received help and consequences to right his course, and our city would not have suffered the trauma of echoing gunshots. The Russia-Ukraine situation continues to uh, ramp up, and again, much like the past few days, every hour things seems to change. Uh, Russian soldiers are continuing to gather Ukrainian borders, according to satellite photos released by the U.S. and its allies. Other countries today are joining the move to put sanctions on Russia, Australia enacting travel bans and targeting financial sanctions on eight members of the Security Council of the Russian Federation. That's a group of top state officials and defense heads. Japan's prime minister said Japan will suspend the issuance of visas and freeze the assets of people involved in recognizing the independence of Donetsk and Luhansk, the two separatist-held pro-Moscow regions in eastern Ukraine. Meanwhile, European Union leaders say they'll hold an emergency summit on Russia in Brussels tomorrow. Former President Trump made some comments on Ukraine yesterday that are causing some controversy. Oh, Trump, Trump saying, quote, I went in yesterday and there was a television screen and I said, this is genius. Putin declares a big portion of Ukraine. Putin declares it as independent. Oh, that's just wonderful. Trump told a conservative podcaster in an interview published Tuesday, he went on to say, I said, how smart is that? He's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. We could use that on our southern border. Former president said Putin is a guy who's very, very savvy and whom he knows very, very well. Of course he does. Uh, Mitch McConnell uh, did not agree uh, with the former president's comments. He struck a very different tone, tore into Putin's aggression, and urged President Biden to take quick and aggressive action, warning of catastrophic consequences if the West failed to challenge Putin. The Kentucky Republican said in a statement this should begin, not end, with devastating sanctions against the Kremlin and its enablers. The president should waste no time in using his extensive existing authorities to impose those costs. Is McConnell uh, breaking from his Trump loyalty? It, I, it seems like in the last couple of weeks, yeah. don't you think? Yeah. He's not yeah. adhering to him as much as he used to. Yeah, more apparent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, truckers planning an American take on the Canadian Freedom Convoy say their upcoming demonstrations uh, will demand several things, including justice for deceased Capitol rioter Ashley Babbitt. Although the Canadian demonstration was focused on COVID-19 vaccine mandates, the organizer of this one, Bob Bolas of Pennsylvania, told PennLive.com the U.S. convoy would focus on complaints against COVID-19 restrictions, as well as grievances against undocumented immigrants, foreign oil imports, critical race theory, Black Lives Matter movement, and he also said those taking part would be seeking justice for Ashley. Uh, Babbitt was the woman who was fatally shot inside the Capitol on January 6th as she tried to climb through a window to gain access to the House of Representatives Speaker's lobby where some members of Congress remained gathered amid the riot. The Department of Defense did approve a request late Tuesday night allotting 700 National Guard troops for service to the matter. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin approved the request Tuesday from the District of Columbia government and the U.S. Capitol Police, the Pentagon said in a statement Tuesday night. Those National Guard members, by the, uh, by the way, will not... Uh, be armed. By the way, also, um, okay. yeah, I'm sorry. I was just going to say it, it, we were talking about a little bit of bias in the media and stuff like that a little bit earlier. Yeah. I do find it interesting. I don't know if you guys do that. We know every single name of every single person that donated to the trucker convoy um, because you know we we're going to freeze bank accounts in mm -hmm. Canada. 
But we still don't have any of the names from Maxwell's list of customers, do we? Maxwell. What's her first name? Gisane of Epstein's gal. Giselle. Oh, oh. Maxwell, yeah. yeah. I th- who was that leaked by, though? That wasn't leaked by a news organization. That was put on Twitter by a independent uh, uh-huh. group of... Why don't they freeze okay. George Soros's bank account for? Uh, Boy, that would know, do the country a lot of good. Contributing it? to uh, <laughs> yeah, the delinquency of the country. Yesterday we talked about the U, probably renaming twenty-one buildings because through the modern lens, uh, nobody seventy-five years ago could have been any good. No. Uh, but here's a little note that I got from uh, the College of Saint Benedict and Saint John's University: Black Affinity Space, Friday, Feb eighteen. 2022, so last Friday at 5 p.m. This space will be at CSB, Benedict, in the Multicultural Center located in Murray Hall. This space is only for black students. That doesn't seem it should be in a multicultural center. It really doesn't. If it's it's only for Mm -hmm. black students. Mm -hmm. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, Sports, I hate it when sports get in the news, but it's happening. John, sports is news. It is, but... I don't like it to be part of stories that don't involve sports, mm. if that makes sense. No, Does that not make yet. Sense? Maybe it will. Well, in a response to alleged racist taunts during a February 15th high school boys hockey game, St. Louis Park will not compete in any contests against New Prague for at least until the end of this school year. In an email to New Prague Athletics Director Brad Skogerbo said on Monday, St. Louis Park AD Andrew Ewald said the band will continue until the harm that was caused is repaired and we are assured that any of our stakeholders, most importantly our students, will not be victimized by racism by any New Prague stakeholder in the future. Ewald on Tuesday referred media requests to the school's district's director of communications, Sarah Thompson, who said the district will not make any further comment at this time. According to a February 16th report by the New Prague Times, students and adults at a February 15th girls basketball game against Robbinsdale Cooper, which includes student athletes of color, began making monkey noises at oh the end of a tight contest. The New Prague me? students are accused of this? The new, yeah, adults oh, and students, uh, strangely enough. By the way, um... I, I have it verified on great authority. This isn't the first time New Prague's uh, come up with. That's I saw that also. Yeah, it's happened with other schools. Sure has, John. Happened, uh, yeah. The uh, the New Prague School District uh, really needs to take a look at itself in the mirror. Well, stakeholders a word they learn in their conferences. You got to use the word. Yeah, stakeholder. stakeholders is an odd, <laughs> yeah, yeah, odd, uh, yeah. odd uh, word to use. Uh, and also making noise, Phil Mickelson. Did you see this? Oh, mm-hmm. my God. He's taking some heat. He's apologized for statements he made. He says they were off the record. No, they, they weren't. They weren't. And well, Phil, if Phil doesn't know by TV. now. If Phil doesn't know that by now, there's no helping him. <laughs> he says they were well, off the record. He's doing the Orville. Deny, deny, mm-hmm. deny. <laughs> off the record comments to an author writing a book about him. And the author says, no, that's that's not true. Completely false. His comments involved the Saudi Golf League, which is trying to lure golfers away from the PGA. Mickelson admitted uh, to the author he was wary of doing business uh, business with Saudi Arabia, but was willing to because of issues he had with the PGA Tour. Uh, the quote uh, about the Saudis, he said, quote, they're scary mother bleepers who get involved, uh, to get involved with. We know they killed Khashoggi, referring to Washington Post reporter and U.S. resident Jamal Khashoggi, and that they have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Well, because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. Well, there's nothing wrong with the way the PGA Tour operates, and it's made him probably a half a billionaire. So I don't even understand why he would cozy up to these idiots. 
He says he doesn't like the PGA Tour Commissioner, Jay Monahan. Well, that's too he's, bad. He's, he says he comes across as a nice guy, but he's not. Well, that's too bad. Uh, so he was is, dropped by a big uh, sponsor. Yeah, KPMG that, dropped him. Yeah, KPMG. He makes $40 million a year in What's from that sponsorships. What exact, no, not just from that From group. sponsorships, yeah. What exact comments is he being called on for? Virtually there's, everything he said there? scary yeah. mother bleepers yeah. to get involved with. They killed Khashoggi and have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Yeah, but what he's getting called out on is he said, but. Yeah, but. I would have yeah. played in that league. Boy, I'm glad well, I don't yeah. have a horse in that race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. A, a new survey reveals six in ten people couldn't cope with being separated from their cell phone for more than a day. <sighs> Sur- surprisingly, the poll of 2,000 smartphone users finds only 3 in 10 claim they never leave their house without their phone. When they do bring their phones along, however, most people are completely dependent upon it for help. Two out of every three rely on their phones to take photos. 64% use it to check the time. 62% are constantly looking up weather forecasts. Another 13% confess they can't even find their way to work without a phone showing them a map. You're kidding what? me. Don't even. <laughs> well, I, Spe- does this I, count? Because yeah. I do use my navigation all the time only because, I mean, I know where you I'm going. Do? Well, only because if there's a road closure, an accident, or something like that on my commute. Are you one of those dummies that lets the phone talk to you as you're driving? No, no, I always have Take it on silent left mode. No, always on silent well, mode. Uh, as part of that, speaking of traveling, 27% of respondents admit they're completely reliant on their smartphone for directions. I like paper uh, they, maps. They, well, and it says one in three say they've never used a printed map in their life. Oh, I've you're used good, maps. You're a really good um, driver, too, aren't I you, Ray, am. man? Yeah. Uh, Definitely use I, uh, maps. I should point out, and he'll kill me for throwing him under the bus here, but I have a, a, a son who cannot find his way anywhere without his his mouth well, that's a shame phone. uh that's yeah. that's a poor upbringing he, he uh when when he <laughs> thanks thanks joe God, joe no it's Bastard. not when uh, yeah, when he was creep. leaving uh leaving for california a couple months ago to mm-hmm. live there uh he stood in our driveway and couldn't get the map to come up how to get to L.A. Well, and he stood. Did you point west? You should, yeah, you should yeah, have I did. Pointed west. Right there. I did. I said go that, that way. Go that way. I said go that way. Keep going that way. If you he, hit he water, you went too far. Yeah. <laughs> he stood in the driveway and played with his phone for ten minutes while I was trying to say goodbye. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in now. Bye. See, you. have a good trip. See you. you know? It's west, uh, Dylan. Fi- finally, he got it, and yeah. uh, then he, then he was able just to just follow the sun. Just go I-35 down to 70 and uh, hang a right. Mm-hmm. For tomorrow, or may eighty rain, or I'll whatever it is. Yeah. Um, wait a second. Uh, you're yes, kind of scoffing at this, uh, Such. I propose a GL social uh, experiment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, relinquish your phone mm-hmm. to Chris Reavers after the show and retrieve it tomorrow when you get in. I I, 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 I hate this idea. Already. We're going to talk. Stupid idea. We'll talk about how you survived the 24 of, hours. Of the four yes. of us, I guarantee he's the one that could do it more than the I, four of us. That wouldn't be a problem. You, you know yes, it sounds would. Like? It would, this, too. This sounds like tomorrow, if we do that, we should all come back talking like this. How to go without your phone, Joe? <laughs> oh, it's a radio bit. <laughs> yeah. Good morning. By the way, uh, one in eight people say if they have a dying battery. Mm-hmm. It gives them anxiety really? until they can charge their phone. Mm-hmm. So, when I go out to dinner, I never bring my phone. When I go to mass, I never bring my phone. Yeah, I was going to say, of the four of us, you were the one that could could handle that. So you've that never the best. got to work before and realized you don't have your phone and turned around and went. Yeah, he has. 
uh, I've not, no, I've come here once without it. And once I did turn around and go back and get it because I was only 200 yards away. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're more dependent on it than you think. Well, this is perhaps, like you. Perhaps. This is like you saying, uh, "I made it last night by my standards," yeah. which means you. <laughs> okay, we won't go that way. I do know uh, a gentleman though that's near and dear to my heart, whose uh, child left their cell phone at a Christmas gathering, and he said, "Well, hold on, I'll call him and let him know." And I said, "Dad, I'm holding the phone. You're not going to be able to call, you know, my my sibling." There's a great oh, video of an yeah. elderly woman who comes out of the supermarket, <laughs> and she's talking to her friend and saying, I think I left my phone in the supermarket. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do that all the time, so I can't laugh at that. I'm sorry. Your glasses are on your face, John. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in Groton, Connecticut. They have submarines there. Do they really? That's where they have submarines. Is it, is it a base? Yeah. Like a, Wait a minute. Sub base? Why do you know that? I know all kinds of weird stuff. Weird stuff. Okay. Well, they also have turkeys there, mm-hmm. and the turkeys are causing problem with delivering the mail. That's happened in St. Paul quite seriously. Really? Yep. Really? Yep. Too many turkeys? Uh, down off Lexington near uni- uh, do, uh, near West 7th, uh, there's a stretch of homes going north on Lexington, yep. Yep. and there's a big woods behind there, and the mail uh, carriers have been pestered away routinely by turkeys. You're kidding. Oh, no. no, I'm not making that up. So is it open season then on the yeah. turkeys? Yeah, I think it's under control, but there was a period there where it was a very tough turkey time. Hmm. <laughs> This is two turkeys only, and uh, it's around the Pequannock section of town. Uh, a woman there, Deborah Campagna, said she uh, sees the turkeys all the time, videotapes them, and now they've stopped her mail delivery twice. Uh, she said it's happening again because it happened first in January last week. She said she only got mail on Monday and Thursday and said she's missing mail that contains documents needed for her income tax return. Uh, the post office, uh, they've been contacted by a local TV station, but uh, they have not replied back yet. Uh, she has her own nickname for the turkeys, which roost near her home. She says she likes to call them Twiddledee and Tweedledum because they like to stand in the middle of the road. How do you know when you have all your documents? Because I have a grocery bag that's about full. Do they keep do they just keep coming in. Well, you should. They're supposed to mail them by February first, right? So you I don't should know. Have them well, maybe I'm maybe point. I'm done now getting documents. Okay. Yeah. Were you really worried about it? Well, I, 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 no. I blacked out there for a second. What the hell are you talking about? How do you Income know taxes. when you all your documents have come in for your tax preparation? Oh, we got screwed by that one year, uh, three, four years ago, and we're still paying it off. See, I don't want to pay anything make, off. Make damn sure you have them all. Yeah. Believe me, you will suffer. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, it, well, I'll tell you off the air. It's a horror story. Uh, I am sorry about the ending of this story, but it's so bizarre that uh, it's going to have to make the newscast as the last kicker, okay? Mm-hmm. A man a man who possibly was using a knife while driving Sunday morning died when he hit a parked car and stabbed himself. Oh, jeez. The accident caused a chain reaction crash involving five other cars, according to police and wire reports. It happened about 525 Sunday morning. A 28-year-old man driving a 2000 Lexus eastbound on Rancho Bernardo Road in Rancho Bernardo in California veered to the right for an unknown reason and hit a parked vehicle. The impact deployed the car's airbag. The driver was transported to a hospital and died. On-scene TV reported that San Diego fire officials who arrived at the scene found a heavy amount of blood inside the car, a knife, and protein powder spread throughout the vehicle. At the hospital, a stab wound was found in the victim's neck. 
Mm. Officials suspect the man may have been using the knife to mix protein powder into a container of water, became distracted, and crashed. Did he die? I'm sorry to laugh. Yeah, he's dead. Yes, he's dead. When the car's airbag deployed, it may have uh, propelled the knife into his neck. Wow. John just acted that out. He did. Wow. There's there's no report of other injuries in the five other cars that were damaged as a result. Let me me finish your newscast then on a happier note. (laughs) Please. An Iron Range ice angler miraculously avoided any injury after jumping out of a moving ice house being towed behind his buddy's snowmobile. (laughs) The incident happened on Valentine's Day on Canisteo Mine Pit Lake near Coleraine, home of anglers Seth Trobeck and Cody Molesness. Trobeck had set up a video camera inside the pull-behind portable ice shanty that was ready to start fishing. Meanwhile, Molesness hopped on his snowmobile to go back to shore and pick up a third guy. But Molnus forgot that his snowmobile was still hooked up to the ice shanty. <laughs> so off he went. And you can see that it's gone viral. Uh, the video has been viewed, what, a half a million times. The guy has to jump out onto the ice. And it's one of those. Uh, surf, he didn't get hurt at all. It's one of those clam uh, flip-over shelters. Mm-hmm. So it's it's based on like a, a sled mm-hmm. with a seat on it, and then you sit there on the bare ice, right. and the back <laughs> folds over in front of you. Right. <laughs> and he takes off, and he's yelling at the guy, yeah. hey, I'm still here! <laughs> and the guy got 200 yards away before he realized what the hell happened. 200 yards. Yeah, so he went back and picked up his buddy, and everything worked out. Yeah, and not, nothing broke. The depth Just, finder was fine. The heater was still running. The <laughs> guy broke his line. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the so, video I'm seeing, there's two guys in the shanty. Yeah, the one gets well, out one to go back out. and oh, okay. pick up a there third guy. He's just but it's right complete now. mayhem. Yeah, he forgets that the guy <laughs> yes. is it's hooked up to the sled. <laughs> <laughs> Off he goes. <laughs> Uh, I don't even think alcohol was involved, to tell you the truth. Oh, wait a minute. No, there's no evidence uh, of that. Doesn't seem right, Joe. Uh, we don't know does it, that. I don't think so. It's it doesn't seem that. the purpose of being out there if it's <laughs> seemed, not involved. Right. <laughs> Why don't we... Uh... Oh, this is good. I uh, Reavers, that, that laugh was a little too evil. No, yeah. this is funny. I well, like stories like that. Good, well, it's harmless, funny. It's funny because the guy's go- fine. Yeah, right, exactly. Let's uh, come back and uh, wrap things up here. The St. Thomas men's basketball team will take on the University of Denver Thursday night in Nebraska-Omaha on Saturday. Come check out the Tommies and buy your tickets online today at tommysports.com. I thought it was good. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Joe, uh, you might be surprised by this, my friend, but sometimes my mind, it it wanders a little bit on the (laughs) service road of life. Yeah. Uh, we already know that whatever needs figuring out, or as I say, figuring out, can be figured out in the garage with a can of seafoam. But yeah, wait a second. That we're talking c- cylinders with the seafoam cleans carbon, gunk, yuck, makes engines, valves, carbs, injectors, and everything else run smoothly and happy. The only thing seafoam doesn't make, and, and here's where my mind wandered, and I, I really wish they made it something that cleans the carbon out of Kenny's brain. Uh, now, would it clean the brain or would it lube the brain? I'm thinking deep creep for the cranium, break up the rust, make those gears and everything run smoothly again, shed water, don't don't dry up. 
Uh, I, I've obviously given this by the look on your face. You agree I've given this absurd thought way. I meant way, to take a picture for you yesterday. I was at the gas thought. station in the yeah. back with the boys. Yeah, yeah. And there on a shelf were two soldiers, two cans with greasy fingerprints on them and dents of sea foam. You know what I like is going into these places and you see them up on the shelf like Trans Tuner, a uh, can of Deep Creep that's yep. really, really old, the Survivor. And I always, uh, you mind if I buy that thing? I want to put that on my shelf. Yeah. Uh, you, you can also find it not only at places like the places Such and I frequent, you can find them at the grocery store. Uh, it's almost everywhere, and if it's not in your favorite store, is it really your favorite store? It's a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. It's Seafoam. I've been reading about gas gas prices. I've been reading about car prices in the Bay Area of California. Mm-hmm. The average used vehicle list price is now a whopping $27,633 with an average of 71,000 miles on the odometer. Uh, meanwhile, people who bought cars in the past few years are seeing their cars retain value and in some cases appreciate to result in them being more worth more than what they paid for them. Uh, there is a dealer. Well, here. In the Bay Area, car prices have been on a tear, tracking with national trends. Prices spiked this summer and dipped over the fall to land at 26% higher over last year. Uh, currently, there's a Subaru Forester advertised at $29,600, 3000 over the original sticker price four years ago. Wow. Uh, there's a, a RAV4 being sold new, and uh, I think it's a dealership that's going to find itself being put out of business because they want $97,000 for it. A what? RAV4? No, that's a joke. A new Toyota RAV4 Prime was listed for $97,000, a $40,000 markup, earning the scorn of social media. One Bay Area man sold his car to Carvana, an online car dealer, for 90 bucks more than he paid seven years ago for the new vehicle. Seven years old, and he got 90 bucks more than when he bought it new. Wow. Uh, the advice of uh, people in the business is... Uh, Oh, wait, 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 because right now it's you're going to get punished. Oh, yeah. It's just wait incredible. to buy, right? Wait Not to, to buy because it's got to yeah. settle down. And the dealer who has the gall to charge a, a ninety-seven grand for a RAV4, that's oh, a geez. dealer that has a death wish. That's no true. one's going to trade with that guy. I, there, there's some dealers that I think are going to treat you right. Of course, but that's an example of not being treated right. Right. Yeah. Nobody should be foolish enough to pay that for that thing. Right. I, I had a, a unless you're completely desperate, but other than that, are you car, desperate for a Rav Four? No, no, I'm no, not. No, no. <laughs> I had a car in for service a month ago, a CP's car, and I was hoping that maybe they'll shoot me an offer. Hmm. But then, then what I realized is they had no cars. Switch, I got one for you. So it's they a, pay me. What am I going to do with it? There's no get, cars. Did you get a call to schedule an oil change? Yeah, I, I took care of it yesterday. <laughs> I got one that uh, recently arrived in my shed. I believe it's an 07 a half-ton Silverado crew cab with 240 on it. Uh, I'll let that thing go to you for, uh, I don't know, 18000 What What do you think? <laughs> no, that's thing? not right. You need a truck in your life. It needs tires. Only. Because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. On this day, Feb 2-3, Winona County was established. It is named for a Dakota woman, a relative of the Metawankton leader Wabashaw. Winona means firstborn daughter in the Dakota language. Hmm. On this day, 
1854, Houston County was created honoring Sam Houston of Texas, a popular presidential candidate. I do not oh, know that. Tell me where Houston reach. County is. I was just looking it up because I think I know. I Houston I County know is very southeast. Isn't it down, down Winona Way? Southeast yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Very, good. very good. On this day in 1856, Meeker County was created, named for Bradley B. Meeker, one of the first three judges to serve on the Minnesota Supreme Court. Huh. And on this day. Caledonia. In 1892, Watson's Colored Chorus, an African-American musical group with 250 singers from Minneapolis and St. Paul, gave a concert featuring choruses, glees, banjo, guitar, and vocal solos, jubilees, and plantation songs at the Minneapolis Lyceum Theater. The best reserved seats cost 50 cents. And finally, on this day in 1983, the late Mark Pavlich became the first U.S.-born NHL player to score five goals in a game when the NHL, when the Eveleth native and a member of the gold-winning uh, Olympic team in 1980 uh, led the New York Rangers to an 11-3 victory over the Hartford Whalers in New York City. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He was a great guy. Five goals. First U.S.-born player to score five goals in a game. Tim Young must be a Canadian because he scored six goals for the North Stars once against the Rangers. Again. Uh, uh, I hate to ask, but what happened last night uh, with our Wild? 4-3 loss in Ottawa. I told Joe within the first two minutes I knew they were going to lose. And they tied it to two. They had no zip. You jinxed it, you SOB. Yeah, I probably did. Never scoff again. I thought that was a no-brainer. They're in Toronto tomorrow night. Ontario, sorry. What, 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 John? Tim Young is from Scarborough, Ontario. Is he? Thank right. you. It's Canadian. Thank you. Yep. Yep. That's why he wasn't the first American-born player. That's why I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> How about I? I wonder ball? if an American-born player has exceeded five goals in a game, or does Pavlich still hold that record? We can't go to break because then we're gonna or not go to break. We can't wrap her up. I gotta know most goals. I gotta know most goals scored in a game by an American player. I bet it's still Pavlich, because five goals is tough to do. That's a lot of goals, Joe. It really is. Um, Joe Malone. Gretzky. Oh, Canadian. Joe, Joe Malone has seven. Um, in one game? Apparently. Yeah. You know who's on fire for the Islanders? Parisi. Been scoring a lot. Oh, wait. Joe Malone is from Canada. Okay, that doesn't count. Never mind. Thank you, GLers. Mickey Roach <laughs> scored five. Yeah. Um, it looks like it is still Pavlich. I think so. I think so. Yeah, Five's tough to do. Um, would you like Sweden? Willie no. Lindstrom no. Uh, has no. six. No! <laughs> a lot of, lot of fives, Chris, huh? Looking yeah. on this list. A lot of fives, of John. Fives. A lot of fives. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know your hockey. Okay. Well, who's the... Now I'm thinking. Oh, boy. He's a Russian. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the Russian star of the wild in the early years? Why is his name escaping me? Ovi? Oh, no. uh, Gabrick? Gabrick. He had a... I think he had a five or six goal. But I one think time. he had it with he was with the king, not with no, the No, I watched. I was at the game. It was. Oh. A, uh, he had, I think, a five goal. He score again. Yep. Who are you guys talking about? Sorry, Marianne Gabrick. I'm not seeing Gabrick's name on here, on the list. Hmm. Oh yeah, there he is. Minnesota Wild, December twentieth, two thousand seven. Against the Rangers. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, say, of course. Uh, he scored two, five. Five. What was it, John? December seventh, twenty. No, December twentieth, two thousand seven. I was there. <laughs> are gone. Wow. 
Uh, yeah, YouTube. Find us. See ya. <laughs> if, if you want. Or don't. <laughs>